Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I am Michael Ball. The excitement is brought to you by BuyProxy.com. Check it out. It's a complimentary service to find properties or list, list properties. And also, you can pay for some marketing. It's BuyProxy.com. It's B-I-P-R-O-X-I.com. It's a new service. Check it out. Well, today we're going to talk about single-tenant net lease investment properties. You know, the drugstores, the quick service restaurants, the, the freestanding buildings you see they're all around the country. And it's interesting to note how these properties are being impacted by rising interest rates. Think about the impact of single-tenant net lease investment property from people who have had a big rise in values from their multifamily properties or their industrial properties or any multi-tenant properties. A lot of those folks are are selling those in 1031 exchanging, 1031 exchanging into these single-tenant net lease properties. But how are they being affected by the government shutdown? How are they being impacted by rising interest rates? How are they being impacted by more the, the shared economy, the, the things going on uh, around the world today? Well, let's find out today. Please welcome my guests. First of all, Nancy Miller. She's a CCIM. She's an MBA, and she's a partner with Bull Realty. She leads the Single Tenant Net Lease Investment Group at Bull Realty. Nancy, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Michael. Glad to be here. Also, Andrew Ziffer's here with us. He's a managing partner with Greenleaf Greenleaf Triple Net Holdings. Andrew, thanks for being with us, sir. Thanks for having me too. Great. And uh, guys, I'd like to start asking you with this. You're, you're both heavy into this single tenant net lease investment property. What's the market like right now? Uh, kind of the velocity of sales, the, the kind of opportunities you're finding out there? Well, I can start on that. Uh, the velocity is uh, slightly down from last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a couple stats that might be of interest. Mm -hmm. uh, nationwide, we had last year about uh, 1,995 transactions in 2017. Mm -hmm. 2018, it's down, believe it or not, about 20%. Uh, to about a little less than 1,600 transactions. So velocity is down. Uh, average price point is about the same. Cap rates are also about the same. We would have thought that they would have started to rise now with interest rate changes, but they really haven't yet. Well, that's interesting because you'd think it was. So how long are these properties typically on the market on average? Um, the Surprisingly, a property uh, is on the market anywhere between 140 days if it's a smaller one to two million dollar price range mm -hmm. and up to 195 days if it's a two to six million dollar type uh, price point. And that seems to me a long seems to me like it's a long time is it because sellers are trying to push that that cap rate and and, and push that value I, of sellers. I, I think that's a good piece of it. I think yeah. sellers uh, not to offend any you know, of your listeners uh, are still kind of wanting to get the top dollar. They're a little bit not greedy but wanting to push that envelope. And uh, so long as interest rates don't really really go up that high um, it's possible that they can wait it out and get what they want because yeah. they have a fear, if I sell, I'm going to buy in at that low cap rate too, even though I bought in yeah. at a higher cap rate. Yeah, and you want to offend our listeners because they've already got great advice from me. Okay. Buy low, sell high, right? right. So they already have All that right. That's great. That's so, great. So, Andrew, you guys are out there um, acquiring single-tenant net lease properties. How do you see the market and, and the cap rates and the opportunities out there today? Well, for me, every day I'm looking at 100 listings mm -hmm. that are coming in my email box. 99 of them are low cap rate, 
uh, four or five cap. Some of them are uh, just, uh, I don't understand some of the business models where mm -hmm. these, uh, where the Chick-fil-A's and the Starbucks are mm -hmm. selling for four caps, maybe low five caps. I just don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So number one, these are buyers who are buying stuff with all cash mm -hmm. and you're just putting money away for a little bit and, and, and trying to get something better than a bank would give you. So we're not doing that. Yeah. We, we actually try to get a better rate of return on our money. So we're looking at the higher cap rate properties, properties with shorter leases, with uh, long term. We, we honestly try to find the best of both worlds. We're trying to find high cap rates, quality, quality property, and quality guarantees. Did you listen to my show, the buy low part? That my advice I had given, you must have heard <laughs> a couple it. times, a couple times, yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of uh, investors in the single tenant net lease world like it because uh, the default rates are really low. They're very safe. And there's not a lot of moving uh, parts, right? It's triple net. The tenants are paying the taxes, insurance, the maintenance. It's it kind of mailbox money sometimes. You mentioned that sometimes to get a, a better deal potentially. You may be looking at leases with, I mean, properties with shorter leases. What are you seeing for a, a difference on, on average when, from your desk of a 14-year uh, lease and maybe a four-year lease? Well, we take risks. And so we actually almost had a, a deal under contract uh, with a 15-year lease at a seven and a half cap. And that was just, that was an ideal situation. The, uh, the seller actually pulled their listing, which was a little unfortunate for that. But all of the deals we're looking at right now are between five and 10-year leases, we we're, we have learned that all seven and a half cap deals are not the same. Some of them are about to go out of business and some of them the investor just wants to sell. So we're trying to find the properties at the decent cap rate that have long-term viability at that location with good guarantees and they're not going out of business in, uh, next year. So yeah, we, that'd we, be important. We, um, one of our top metrics is sales. So we're looking at sales constantly. We're looking at what the sales are for the location, how to... How does that location sales compare to other location sales and the sales within the brand itself? Now, some uh, tenants don't report sales. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at a property like that and you, you can't really get the sales, do you stay away from them or what do you do? I am real good at going to eat lunch at those places <laughs> and, uh, and talking to the store manager okay. and, uh, and trying to get the whisper number out of them. Right. So uh, we have to do our due diligence. We, we do a... Uh, we have business partners we go into these properties with. We are doing debt. Mm -hmm. My name is on the on the debt a lot of the time, so I want to make sure you know the property is gonna gonna be there for a so while. So I'm doing my personal due diligence to make sure that their sales are what I think they are. In fact, a property that doesn't tell us sales or we don't get a whisper number, we we usually stay away from. That makes you nervous, yeah. Yeah, because we just don't know. In fact, right. yeah, I looked at a restaurant uh, last week, and the manager sat down for for 20 minutes awesome conversation and he told me his sales and we're decided not to do that deal. <laughs> but he doesn't, what, you know, no one told me. He and what are the sales, uh, the rent to revenue ratios, the sales to, to, to revenues that you see? Is it, you, you want something under six, under 10? Well, uh, um, the QSR, so fast food restaurants, we're typically targeting about 8%, mm -hmm. uh, but the, it depends on the, on, 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 on the vertical. So like a Ruth Chris, mm -hmm. um, the, I've heard Ruth Chris can be up to 5% rent to sales, but mm -hmm. some of the larger restaurants like an on the border uh, might be a little bit higher because it's a larger footprint. Mm -hmm. And so the rent is always going to be higher because the store is big. And so your rent to sales ratio gets a little bit out of whack, but it still makes sense because it's a big location and the store does well. Yeah. 
And one of the benefits we've had in commercial real estate world is positive leverage. We're getting a higher return on the properties we're buying if we pay cash and our, our cap rate than the financing. So, Nancy, what do you see in today? Are we still getting positive leverage on some of these single-tenant net lease properties? What are interest rates on single-tenant? How do lenders look at these today? Um, well, the uh, typical net lease investor is going to do a 65% LTV, 35% down, using that as a 25-year amortization. I have a couple of stats I just got from my one of my uh, handy folks here. And what's interesting is while rates have crept up, 17, they were about four and a quarter to four and a half, 18, 4.75 to five, they've just come back down. Yeah. And uh, they're averaging right now uh, somewhere between 4.6 to 4.85, depending on the quality of the tenant depending on the remaining lease term, uh, depending on if that lender hasn't taken on too many of that tenant brand. Sometimes yeah. if they have a lot of dollar stores, uh, they don't want any more dollar stores and so forth. But I think as our, my crystal ball, yours and Andrew's, we don't know what the feds are going to be doing over time. But right now is a, is a very good time for people to get their toe back in the water to uh, work on the spread between a cap rate and an interest rate with 65% down, they'll have some positive leverage. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Whether it's single tenant or any property you're, you're looking at buying or selling right now, we've had a reduction in the Treasury bill. We've got reduction in interest rates now, kind of a window, you know, because the Atlanta Fed has mentioned they're, they are going to do at least a, a one rate increase next mm -hmm. year uh, or, or indicating that they probably will. So it is a nice window right now, it isn't is. it? It is. Yeah. It is. So, so what are you seeing from, uh, Andrew, when you're out there looking at properties today, uh, what kind of categories or tenants are, are maybe you nervous about and what categories and tenants you can I feel comfortable with? Uh, well, first of all, to kind of go back to one of your points, we uh, actually financed two of the same properties in 2017 and 2018. We financed mm -hmm. one for mid fours and literally the same property the next year was five and a half. So wow. interest rates are mm -hmm. just a year have went up a whole point and that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So our box at um, Greenleaf, we tried to make our box pretty small. We started out with uh, any sort of triple net deal, uh, auto parts, um, restaurant categories, banks. Uh, we looked at even at a couple of um, Planet Fitness, but we narrowed our box into the food category. So we'll, we're doing QSR, quick service restaurants, fast casual and casual dining. So any anything that you eat at, maybe a step below a, a Ruth Chris, we, we will look at right now. And we're looking at um, fundamentals of real estate. We're looking at good locations. Mm -hmm. So a property that doesn't have a reuse capability, we don't look at. Mm -hmm. We look at quality guarantees. And the quality guarantee doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who owns and operates two or 300 restaurants. It has to be somebody who uh, has been there for a long time, has a viable business. Uh, one of my most successful deals right now is an operator of uh, uh, approximately five units of a, of a fast food restaurant. And he's, um, he's, a great, he's a great tenant. All right, well, good. Well, I'll tell you, we're gonna take a short break. When we get back, I wanna ask you guys some tips for maybe some ways to get some higher returns and some mistakes to avoid. So stay with us, I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.
Are you looking for proven property management and facilities management education? Visit BOMI.org. That's B-O-M-I, Building Owners and Managers Institute International. They are the trusted source for education in the property and facilities industry. Visit BOMI.org. Have you seen BuyProxy.com? Brokers list properties, buyers and tenants search properties all at no cost. They also have a suite of marketing services. Check them out at BuyProxy.com. That's spelled B-I-P-R-O-X-I.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit BullRealty.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. This segment's brought to you by RedIQ.com. This is a new sponsor and they do some great service. They extract data from static property operating reports to transform it into actionable intelligence. So check them out at RedIQ.com. Today we talked about single tenant net lease investment world. And you know, I know some people are concerned about the government shutdown. Some people are concerned about yeah, you know, what we've had some turmoil in the stock market, and people are turning to real estate these days as maybe a safe investment. And for people who don't want to mess around with management of of multi-tenant big properties, single-tenant net lease properties are a great uh, property type to buy. Our guests in Studio One here are Nancy Miller today with Bull Realty and Andrew Ziffer with Greenleaf Triple Net Holdings. And uh, I like to ask you guys about. You know, some of these returns, as, as you mentioned in the previous segment, you know, you might get a 4% or 5% cap rate, which is your cash on cash return if you're in your first year if you're buying these properties. But how do you guys help when you're looking at maybe I want a little bit higher return? What are some tricks to get a better return on these types of properties? Tricks. Well, number one, you're looking at a lot of properties. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking at probably hitting the delete key on 100 properties a day. And it's it's actually little bit of a nuisance, but most of the properties we see are the four or five and maybe some low six cap deals. So number one, it's, it's, it's look. And so when we find the deal that's six and a half or seven cap, we're getting into the sevens, we, we take a little bit harder look at it because if they're pricing it at a high six, they could, they're trying to be aggressive in their sale. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at what the broker's advertising first. And then after that, we actually, we have the conversation with the broker, let's get the story. And then we're always trying to target something in the sevens, mm -hmm. because the sevens will give us the distance between the cap rate and the interest rate, because we do get debt on these deals. We'll get a 65% loan on these deals usually. That's the ideal sort of loan we've figured out. We try to get a cap rate in the sevens, and that's let us, lets us pay our investors. Are there certain tenants or categories that you, you look for that maybe have a better return, but you still feel safe with? Uh, there are categories that do pay higher cap rates, like a, a lot of auto parts stores I've seen at higher cap rates, but we're not doing auto parts stores, we're doing mostly restaurants. And so what we've seen is that the restaurants with shorter leases will typically be higher cap rates or honestly, our, 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 our biggest uh, our, our biggest find are usually that a restaurant that we, we, we title as priced incorrectly. And so if it's priced, the, the broker didn't price it correctly, they didn't do the research, they might have priced it a little bit too low and we don't, it's not initially we, yeah. we share that information, but right. uh, that's the ideal situation. So typically, we, we do want to make sure that there is some type of value in the property. And so the biggest value for the property is always that that 
business will continue its operations indefinitely. Yeah. That's the biggest and, value. And to that end, Nancy, um, for investors that are maybe trying to get a higher return on these single-tenant net lease properties, um, are looking at properties with uh, lower uh, terms left and less years left a, a model, and, and what sure. should they do there? Um, to, they're, they're, they're considering those. Several strategies that I recommend. One is to look at a quality tenant. It could be a franchise or it could be a corporate guaranteed tenant that might have four or five years left on the lease. Um, if the real estate location looks pretty good, uh, if the tenant has a history in that location, uh, if there are uh, remaining options left on the lease, and if there are rent increases in those option periods, um, the risk is uh, mitigated to some degree, and you're going to buy get it at a higher cap rate. Um, another strategy is to look at a double versus a triple net because the landlord has a little bit of the burden uh, on them, and usually you'll reflect that with a maybe 50 basis point, give or take, uh, improvement in cap rate if you do that. So, so for, for listeners who may not be in the single tenant net lease world, a double met net versus a triple net, does that mean the landlord might be responsible for, for roof and parking lot? Or? Roof and structure, depending. Okay. And okay. today, uh, an O'Reilly's, who's a fabulous double net tenant, mm -hmm. uh, your responsibility is structure uh, and roof, and the roof usually comes with a 20-year lease. So if a you warranty. get one, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. excuse me, a warranty. Yeah. So if you get that, uh, in the early years or even later on, you've got plenty of warranty time left on that roof. And do they maintain on that particular tenant, maintain their parking lot themselves? It depends on the tenant. Oh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Okay. Um, and so some other ideas for getting higher returns on these? Um, I would say that if, if you're not looking to buy something on Main and Main, if you're looking, if you will consider something in a secondary or tertiary environment, a dollar store, for example, people say, oh, who's going to go out there? Well, I can buy that dollar store with a new 15-year triple net lease in a small town out in Podunk for about a 7% cap. Mm -hmm. I can buy that same dollar store in a larger city for a six cap or six and a quarter cap. So if I'm looking, at, if I am cap rate sensitive, I may look at the geography if I'm willing to take what I call the risk. Because in that small town, if they go dark, the population is smaller and the likelihood of repurposing is a higher risk factor for yeah. people. Yeah. Well, let's talk about mistakes to avoid. And, you know, single tenant net lease properties are somewhat simple. There's, there's one lease and maybe the tenant's taking care of everything. Um, but what are some of the things that can be gotchas? Well, uh, we had a big gotcha in, mm. in December of this year where we actually had a property under contract. Mm. And we went through lawyers' expenses. We had, we had a lot of due diligence money invested in it. And during due diligence, we had the store manager actually tell us, oh yeah, we were looking for a new site. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was, a, that was great that we found out at that point in time, but little nuances of, uh, of information during due diligence is very important. So, you know, do your due diligence is the number one rule that we always have. And, you know, if you don't, that could be a cost, it could be a costly mistake in the future because in five years when that short-term lease expires, the uh, the tenant could it could be a somebody relocating and it could, it could relocate across the street so you have a dark location with uh, very little reuse because it's a uh, if it's a if it's a fast food restaurant it's always been known as that fast food restaurant so how do you make a McDonald's a Chick Fil A I mean it's mm -hmm. it's 
it's hard. It's hard, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the listeners uh, I, I realize a dark uh, property like that means they're still paying the rent, but they're not open, and it makes you real nervous as an investor or a lender uh, when that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's uh, a triple net investor's worst uh, worst fear, yeah. <laughs> a dark property. There's no one there taking care of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nancy, what are some other gotchas? Well, I've, there are two things that come to mind. One is uh, that uh, if a property, if a tenant has the right of first refusal, um, if I'm going to be buying that property, I want to uh, in, be assured as soon as I can that the tenant is not going to exercise that right of first refusal because I'm going to have spent good, good money up front starting my third party reporting and doing all the things that I'm supposed to do to buy that property. So usually there's a window of seven or ten days, so you might uh, put in your LOI or your purchase agreement that the due diligence period starts upon the waiver of the right of first refusal uh, from that tenant. And second thing that, that I think is that using, and I'm, I'm, this is a self-serving comment, but using a broker will allow someone who is trying to find or sell a property, put them ahead of the game. If I'm trying to find something, the broker can find things off market for me that they might not otherwise find because of their contacts or working with developers as we often do. And then also on the selling side, we, we just uh, recently listed a Sherwin-Williams. We, we knew it was very aggressively priced. Uh, we've had multiple offers nearly at full price um, and, uh, and we are under contract in a very short period of time. Uh, otherwise, that would be a very, very hard thing to have that seller realize that level of a net to them um, if they tried to sell it themselves. Yeah, the increased demand. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the the shutdown, the, the turmoil in the in the, the stock market. Are there any of these tenants uh, or categories of tenants that maybe people are a little more concerned about uh, today in the single tenant in that lease world? Well, the biggest story I know is uh, uh, Dine Equity, which is now Dine Brands, mm -hmm. and Applebee's. Applebee's has been in the news for years, mm -hmm. suffering, not doing so well. Mm -hmm. And in 2018, they had a, a remarkable turnaround. I, th I think I read something this morning where they have 43 weeks of consecutive store uh, sales increases. And the, the stock itself, the parent company, uh, Dine Brands owns IHOP and Applebee's. And their stock started January 2018 at 55 and ended the year about in the mid-70s. So that company is doing very well just basically on IHOP and Applebee's. Yeah. What tenants are out there expanding today and uh, that might be opportunities? Well, I did a little homework before I knew you might ask me that question. Um, and uh, the, the big player of growth is the dollar store. Dollar General opened over 200 stores uh, this past year and uh, Family Dollar as well, about 70 stores. Other folks, Burger King, 57 stores, 7-Elevens, and Starbucks seem to be the top ones. Um, but I, I might also um, add that, that these folks that are, to the question about the, uh, the economy and what's happening with the shutdown, I, I think that if we look back at 08 and 09, 
what happened was that uh, the consumer buys down. Mm -hmm. They go from casual to fast food. Mm -hmm. uh, they start finding ways to, to uh, economize in their purchases. Will they buy things from Amazon, toilet paper, and so forth, or will they still go to the grocery store? Um, what will they do to save, save money? So I think in the near term, we're going to start to see that. So your, uh, your budget retailers, if you will, or your QSRs and even your auto parts people, they'll probably in the next couple quarters do very well. That's my thought. Let me get your thoughts um, on categories like drugstores. Health is um, my, um, I, won't, I won't touch anything. Mm. Anything health medical related. or drugs, medical stores. or drugs, and, and not yeah. necessarily because I don't trust the actual business itself. Mm -hmm. Because the um, not to get political, but the government mm -hmm. changes the dynamics of that mm -hmm. of that vertical with legislation, and so you might have a property or like a, like drugstores. There's drugstores that are suffering, and there's drugstores that are doing well, and the drugstores that are suffering are the ones that don't have the big partnerships because of mm -hmm. some government program that mm -hmm. does X, Y, Z. So in our, in our model, we, we completely, I, myself and at Greenleaf, we just avoid anything that has to do with health, health pharma, or even medical care. So okay. anything, mm -hmm. that whole category. Um, I, would, I would say, I take a, maybe a contrarian view to that, uh, from talking with my lender people, the people that they lend to, they love pharmacies, mm. uh, they love uh, your kidney dialysis, your uh, DeVita's. Which are very good cap rates, by the way. That's right. They, yes. they love that uh, as well. And I think as the baby boomers age and go on Medicare, they have to choose a drug plan. And mm. one of the ways that they choose a drug plan is they have alliances with Anthem, uh, with Rite Aid, CVS, and so forth. So it's actually, I think, going to cause, and I don't like necessarily the drugstore sector that much because uh, they're long leases, often flat leases. You know, there's no upside. They're, pen they're basically uh, for a pension fund uh, most of the time. So I think that the drugstore world could benefit, um, uh, be a hot one. And franchisees, as we talked about, when in a slower or an up economy, a uh, franchise or a QSR is going to also be uh, popular so long as their credit stays stays strong and sure. uh, the uh, uh, hub grub hubs of the world don't take too much business out of the site. And quick, let me get you quick comments on banks as single tenant and at least tenants um, today. It seems like there's less banks, but there's some new ones popping up. That's right. Uh, my visual on banks. But I, <laughs> so your uh, banks are my health. Is that what you're that's, saying? That's All right. right. Okay. How about right. coffee shops? Uh, coffee shops. I've never seen a cap rate on a coffee shop above six of a six six cap. So I, I just, just don't like the term. A, a, a coffee shop is some guy who just sold a big piece of real estate. He's going into retirement. He just wants his 20 year lease and it takes him into retirement and it's his pension check. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't need anything more than a 5% return or a 4% return on his money. Yeah. That's who's buying those deals. All right. Let's, if you will, leave the audience with this. Um, what do you expect for the single tenant net lease market moving forward as far as cap rates and stability and and, and, and in interest from investors. Well, we're fully expecting interest rates to rise this year. There was a little bump down, but mm -hmm. I still think there's going to there's mm -hmm. be a rise. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there's going to be, there's always going to be an adjustment between uh, cap rate, interest rate, and, and buyers' and sellers' expectations. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to be, I, I think this is an adjustment year where cap rates are going to have to go up because 
the days on the market is going to go up. And then if days on the market's going up, the prices are going to go down. So that's what mm -hmm. I see. And then my, I might have to buy a, a seven and a half cap deal instead of a seven cap deal because my rate might be a half a point higher yeah. too. So that's what I see. Um, I see more 1031 velocity of people who are aging and selling the apartments and so forth. Many clients are doing that and they want to get into simpler uh, investments and they realize that the cap rates on those investments are lower but they're willing to do it because it's a mailbox money, it's very passive. I see some of that. And hopefully interest rates, as they rise, cap rates will come up to meet them a little bit. Um, and once we see a little bit more of a rise in cap rate, it'll take several months behind the interest rate. But we'll see more investors come in the market because they'd like to get a deal. Yeah, well, I agree. And I think uh, single tenant net lease property velocity and interest is going to remain strong because I think if we or getting toward a recession at some point. Uh, no one's saying it's close, but if, if you're concerned about how long the cycle's been, a lot of people flock to safe investments, right? And single tenant net lease properties, the mm -hmm. default rate, especially on the national credit tenants, has just been incredibly low, really. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So I think it's going to continue. Well, uh, Nancy, Andrew, thank you for all your information today. Appreciate you being on thank the show. Thank you. Thanks for having thank me. You. All right. And thanks for joining us around the country or around the world. If you're watching or listening, thank you. And thank you for sharing. And thank you for your comments. Please connect with us on your favorite social media site. You can find them all at commercialrealestateshow.com. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by BullRealty.com, Commercial Real Estate Asset and Occupancy Solutions, RedIQ.com, Turning Data into Valuable Action, ByProxy.com, a complimentary listing service, CommercialAgentSuccess.com, Video Training from Michael Bull, Bomi.org, Property and Facility Management Education. To access these recommended companies or for more podcasts and videos, visit CREshow.com.